listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Happy New Year to you. Amen. Hopefully it's a new you. Can you say amen? We don't want to go into a new year, old us. At least I don't. Can you say amen? I, I need to be new, amen, uh, you know, I, it's funny because my, my birthday's in January too, so it's like, you know, it's like new year and the older me, <laughs> all at the same time, you know, I don't even get a chance to wait, but uh, amen, we're going to have a good time this morning, amen. Nehemiah chapter 6, if you have your Bibles this morning, Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah chapter 6, and we're going to read, amen, uh, one verse, but we're going to kind of be going through Nehemiah 6 uh, this morning. So as you turn there, I want to read you a story about a cat. <laughs> I know, right? Nehemiah 6 and a cat. How does that work? Well, let's see. A stray cat that survived two trips to a Utah animal shelter's gas chamber has now found a home. Officials say that the West Valley cat uh, the, at West Valley City's animal shelter in Utah says the cat named Andrea hadn't been adopted for 30 days. When the shelter tried to put her to death in October, she survived, so they gassed her again. Shelter officers detected no vital signs and presumed she was dead after the second try. So they put the plastic, I'm sorry, I'm reading it. it They put the plastic bag over her and in a cooler. When they checked the bag, they saw that she had vomited on herself and had hypothermia but was alive. The shelter then decided, we're going to stop killing her. <laughs> She's going to stop. It was just one of those things that we thought the cat was obvious. That we, it was just one of those things where they thought this cat obviously really wants to live. You know, as I was reading that, I was like, you know, I think that's the, the mindset of a lot of people. Is that things are trying to kill you, but you really want to live. Can you say Amen. That there are things out there, demonic forces, we can go into all types of sin and various things that really want to kill you. But on the inside, though we may fall to, we really want to live. How many know we just don't know how? We just can't figure out how, amen, to live. So this morning, I want to talk to you about restoration. Because the Bible shows us that restoration is possible. In other words, listen to me carefully. You don't have to die spiritually. Can you say amen? Are you with me? You don't have to die spiritually this morning, that you can live, that you can be set free, that you can be born again. And in the book of Nehemiah, I believe we're going to see this. So let's read Nehemiah chapter 6. We're going to read verse 9, but like I said, we're going to kind of be going through the book of Nehemiah. But verse 9 is my springboard this morning. The Bible says, for they were all trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it will not be 
done. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you. By the Holy Spirit, I pray. Move mightily and powerfully here, God. Do a miracle in the lives of men and women. And let them understand and know that, God, you are a God of restoration. I pray let this word delve deep into the heart. Let it go deep into the soul. And let men and women come to repentance. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Restoration is possible this morning. Amen. Let's look at walls and gates. And as Nehemiah embarks on this mission to rebuild, he knows three things for sure. Uh, before he even gets to the city, Nehemiah 1 and 3, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates burned with fire. This statement paints a picture of a life, um, amen, that is in sin. So you must remember that the reason for this, why this city, amen, was, uh, uh, was uh, burnt in this manner, was destroyed in this way, is because of their sin. A life that's spent law in lawlessness and recklessness. They did not acknowledge God for who he was, what they, or what he could give them, amen, in eternal life. And they went after the gods of this earth, uh, money, immorality, and the list goes on. See, whenever a life is lived in this manner, listen to me, you're going to have some type of destruction. Listen to me carefully. Whenever a life is lived in this manner, when you're after the gods of this earth, amen, when you're trying to fulfill the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, amen, whenever you have this going on, you're always going to see some type of brokenness in your life. You're always going to see something breaking down in and within your life. There are things that will get burned, broken down, your mind, your heart. You will find yourself in addictions and bondages and self-pities and rejections, pride and manipulations. The list goes on and on. And this is what our text shows us, is that a destruction awaits those who are away from Christ. Do we still believe that? That there is going to be a destruction. Listen to me. It doesn't mean, you know, and we, and we think like cartoon characters. At least I do. We think like, you know, something bad. Uh-oh, I can't walk outside because I did something and the lightning is going to strike. Well, that's not quite how it works. But what happens is there is a buildup over time because there's something called Grace. That God has grace, and so he's willing and hoping he's sending things to you for you to repent and to get things right. A lot of times, how many know we miss those things? And we keep doing what we want to do, and we keep doing what we feel is right. And God is trying to warn us and warn us. And so, no, it doesn't happen automatically. But over a life, amen, listen to me, there is a buildup, and you will see destruction. First, uh, Second Thessalonians 1 and 8 tells us this, in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. The Bible makes it clear. Life that is in sin is no life at all. You're really not living. You're actually dying. So Nehemiah knows these three things. So let's look at a couple of things that he mentioned. Number one, the walls being broken. The walls uh, were Israel's protection. It was their security. 
knowing that not just anything could inhabit and come into the city. The wall were still there, but they were broken down, meaning that security protection are now gone. See, sin will always rip you off from true security in Christ, from true secure protection in Jesus. Amen. Demons lurk when walls are broken. In other words, sin, amen, causes a chink in the armor. Sin causes, amen, cracks within the life for strategies of hell to come in, for addictions to come in. Isn't it funny that you've known people that never had an addiction in their life, never did any drug of the sort, but all of a sudden, one day they let that armor down. One day, amen, the wall was broken a little bit. There was a trauma that happened. There was something devastating that happened to them, and all of a sudden, they're running to the liquor bottle. Somebody go, talk to me, and y'all know who I am. Y'all got to talk to me now. Okay, maybe you. Just say amen. Okay, it is what it is. If it's you, that's right. You should be the first one. That's right. Because you already know. But this is what happened, isn't it, is that walls and security, and then we have this thing called false security, where we depend on relationship and companionship and think we have some type of security, and that comes tumbling down, amen. And now all of a sudden, we are being flooded and bombarded with all types of things. Why? Because the walls have been broken. In other words, we are no longer protected from the enemy because we have let him in. Because the walls are destroyed. John 10 and 10. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that I, uh, that, uh, excuse me, I have come that they may have life and, they, and that they may have it more abundantly. Listen to what Jesus' words here. The thief come, does nothing else to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. To break down walls, to break down barriers. Amen. To come in to ravage the city. This is why some of your minds are ravaged. Oh, see, now, now you don't like me. See, you see how that go? See, you're like, yeah, Pastor Brooks, woo. And then I start saying stuff. Y'all be like, here he go. That's why some of your minds, you go, your minds are everywhere. Let me tell you why. Because sin breaks down walls, amen. It breaks down rationality, amen. It breaks down proper processing and thought, and we start getting crazy. I, I start getting crazy. I know it's not you. I forgot who I was talking. I'm sorry. <laughs> but how many know this is what happens? And when these walls break down, all of a sudden, family curses start creeping in. Your mother was divorced. Uh Uh-oh, see? Your dad was an alcoholic. And all of a sudden, you start tasting certain things. Come on, somebody. All of a sudden, you start acting a certain way. Listen to me. I come from my family, amen. Nobody, I was like the first one married and happy. Outside of that, everybody was born out of wedlock in my family. And all the men of the family left and didn't take care of the children. My father's father wasn't there. My father wasn't there. My father's father's father wasn't there. And listen to me, I was on the same pathway. Can you say amen? Why? Because the walls were broken. But these walls can be restored. Thank the Lord. 
which we'll get into later, through the salvation of Christ. Isaiah 26 and 1, in that day this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city, and God will appoint salvation for walls and and bulwarks. Number two, the gates were burned, he says. Those gates were made of timber, strong and sturdy. If the walls were meant to keep things out, the gates were meant to keep things in. You still following me? But when the gates were burned, it was symbolic of things that cannot be restored. Listen to me carefully. Those same gates cannot go back up. Think about it. When wood is burned, those same, that same, if you burn up a cabinet door, how I many know you're not going to put that same cabinet door back up? At least I hope you wouldn't. Why? Because it's warped. It's messed up. It doesn't close right. And so what has to happen? It has to be replaced. See, there are things in your life, amen, that must be replaced. See, your heart and your mind are representation of these gates. It keeps things in. It holds things in, amen. And so when our hearts and minds are burnt up, when they get destroyed, they have to be replaced. Ezekiel 36, 26, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Listen to me. He's saying, you know what, the heart, amen can be all mangled and destroyed. I have to replace it. I have to give you a new one. Amen. Not recondition the old one. We're talking spiritual hearts here. This is what God is saying, amen, that you know what? When these walls are burned down, these gates are jacked up, when you've had issues and things have hurt you, I have to give you a new heart. Because how many of you get bitter? Y'all say amen, say amen, say amen. We get bitter. We get mad. We start holding grudges up in here. Don't say, don't act like you don't. You still got to apologize to your friend from high school because she didn't give you back your nail polish. You still mad. You still mad about that. Still mad about that shoe that your friend didn't give back. It was your, per, it was your beautiful pair of J's. He said, you gave me back one shoe 13 years ago. And you reacted every day like it was yesterday. How many know you need a new heart and you need a new mind? Can you say amen? See, these things have to be replaced. This is why the Bible always speaks about a new mind and a new heart. Amen. Romans 12 and 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. That word renew means to renovate. What do you do when you renovate? You pull the old stuff out and you put new stuff in. And this is what Paul is telling the church is that, hey, by the renewing of your mind. In other words, we got to pull that old nasty mind out that old corrupt mind out and ask God to give us a new one then he talks about distress what follows burnt gates listen to me and broken walls is distress that word means evil sorrow pain hurts all these follow a broken life There's no way around it. I know you think you're special. And I know you think you're real smart. But there are certain principles you can't break. There are certain principles that are just set, and that's the way it is. And listen to me carefully. Broken walls and burnt up gates always lead to distress. It always leads to hurt. It always leads to pain. It always leads to depression. Come on, somebody. It always leads to anxieties. It always leads to issues. 
because people have lost what was most important, not a city, but the protection of their God. So anytime we go away from God, distress is going to shortly follow. See, we focus on the physical things we lost, don't we? But never think about the spiritual things that can be lost. And when we lose our connection with Christ, amen, listen to me. You're going to see burnt gates. You're going to see uh, buried walls, amen. You're going to see these things, amen. Listen to me. Listen to me this morning because a lot of times we've decided to do our own thing and think it was a better way. And how many, how many have found out that when we do it my way, it doesn't quite work the way I thought it was going to? Anybody else found that out yet? You do it your way, it doesn't quite work the way you thought it was? As a matter of fact, it gets worse. Matthew 7, 13. Enter by the narrow gate for the wide, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to what? Destruction. Destruction. And there are many who go in by that. Let's look secondly at afraid of building. You know, I like HGTV. Anybody else? Anybody like HGTV? I don't know why I like it. I just, you know, I like it. You know, you see things built, and, you know, you're like, man, I, you know, how come they never enforcement? You know what I'm saying? Like, how come all these people in Arkansas and Oregon never come to port? You know, there's houses here, too. <laughs> And we watch these building projects, and it looks so wonderful. You know, I've been in quite a few building projects in my lifetime. And we begin to map, up, map out what we're going to do and how we're going to build. And how many know it sounds real good until you start? And then you start having issues. Then you start having problems. Then all of a sudden, that pipe break. That wasn't supposed to break. Right? All, of a sudden, all these issues start happening. And how many know that the next building project, you're like, man, I, I don't know. Let's just keep it simple. Let's just paint. <laughs> right? We just, I don't want to, I don't want to do that no more. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I want to build, you know, last time, you know, we had to replace half the house because I didn't know how to put up a wall, right? You know, you start, I ain't doing that again. Right? How many know what I'm talking about? You know, you just don't you do certain things, and the first time you do it, it was so disastrous that the next time you don't even want no parts of it. I'm going somewhere. You have issues arise. Things that you didn't plan for or foresee have now come problematic in your life. See, there are often times, amen, this happens to us. It's because I've known people, and maybe you're here, amen, that you realize that the gates were burned. You realize that the wall was broken. You realize that my life is in brokenness. I'm jacked up. I need Christ. And you went after it and found that it was problematic. Oh, wait, you understand what I'm saying? That things started happening that you did not expect to happen. That once you said, Jesus, I will give you my life. Jesus, uh, I'm going to serve you. All of a sudden, it seemed like all of hell said, oh, great. You're in. We're coming out. (laughs) And we don't want to build. In our main text, this is what happened to Nehemiah. For they were all trying to make, uh, for they were all, trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work and it will not be done. Now, therefore, will God strengthen my hands. He says the enemy wanted to make us afraid for going all out for God, to restore and to be rebuilt. The word afraid means to be full of fear or to revere, amen, highly. In other words, listen to me, the adversary wanted to make us revere him more than God. That's what he's saying. 
You follow what I'm saying? Nehemiah was saying that the enemy wanted to make us revere him more than Christ. And I'm here to tell you this morning that this could be you, that sometimes you revere more of what's going to happen than God. In other words, you are fearing, amen, rebuilding. You're fearing going all in for Christ. You're fearing restoration because the devil is like, well, if you do this, you're going to lose him. (laughs) You're going to lose that boyfriend. If you do this, you're going to lose that girlfriend. If you do this, they won't like you at your job because you're no longer going to be engaged with the dirty jokes anymore. If you do this, amen, you're going to have to give up the porn addiction. Oh, I'm preaching now. Y'all not talking to me. is, Is this wrong? Am I wrong here? Okay, I'm just, am I talking to me? You know I get nervous. You guys know how I am. This ain't nothing new to y'all. Y'all know I get nervous. I need, I need to know if I'm right or not. I know. I don't need your affirmation, but I want it. <laughs> but this is what happens. We get fearful of repentance because we realize what we're turning away from. But I like doing that. I like being this way. I like talking like that. And God's like, no, 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 no. If you repent, you got to get away from all that. And we we become fearful, and the devil begins to use that. So you know what? If you serve God, it's going to get worse, and you're not going to be able to do what you want, and you're going to miss out on so much. How many know that's a lie? Somebody say amen. But that's what happens. The devil wants to put an ungodly fear in you because fear always relates or always correlates with stoppage. If you are fearful of something, you won't do it. That's why some of y'all don't swim, because you don't like water. You don't even want to get close. You're like, we're going to go in the boat. You're like, what boat? <laughs> Is it moving? I ain't going on that. Why? Because of the fear. It creates a stoppage. Amen. This is why some of you can't go to botanical gardens because you're scared of bugs. No, I ain't going over there. spiders. <laughs> Let a spider be in your house. You take a whole can of rain and just... Spray it until the joint is empty because of fear. You understand what I'm saying? Fear always creates stoppage. So think about when ungodly fear inhabits your life. It will stop you from going on for Christ. It will stop you because you're fearful. I have seen this in many women who get saved, but out of fear of losing something, amen, out of fear of not knowing what's going to happen, they don't continue to build. And I believe that this is one of the enemy's tricks, amen, is to stop you from building. Because how I many know we want to be restored? Can you say amen? We want to be made new. We want to be new persons, amen. We want to have a new, we don't want to think like this anymore. Listen to me, folks. I used to think crazy, man. My mind was, man, I, listen, I'm, I, you know, I don't want to tell you the things I used to think. It was crazy. I mean, you know, I'm paranoia, all types of stuff. People, I think people out to get me for no reason. They walk past me. What you? Because up here was going mad. I wanted a new mind. I wanted a new heart. I didn't want to be angry anymore. I didn't want to be bitter anymore. Can you say, somebody, somebody with me? I didn't want to be depressed no more, man. I didn't want this. But when somebody told me about Jesus, it was like, well, what's going to happen? Scared. Because I had never done it before. And I couldn't foresee what would take place. Mark 3 and 2. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, 
so they might accuse him. And he said to the man with the withered hand, step forward. This man was in church with an ailment, a withered hand. The hand in the Bible, oftentimes, it can be a picture of life or lifestyle. So think about this. That word withered means useless. And so in other words, he's in church with a useless life. Because of his ailment. Because of what's in him. And a lot of times, how many know we can sit in church in the same manner? That what is in us, amen, is causing us to be useless. Can't get ourselves together. But Jesus tells him, step forward. Meaning he was in the back. Meaning he was trying to hide because he knew he wasn't supposed to be there. Because of his ailment. And so Jesus says, I need you to out there come up here. And that's what Jesus is still saying. Can you say amen? That, hey, you know what? Step from out the shadows. Come forward and repent. Come forward and be healed. Had that man not come forward, I guarantee you he would not have been healed. But because he listened to the call of Christ and said, I'm going to come forward. I'm going to leave the old. Somebody say amen. I'm going to leave it and I'm going to go and do what this man is telling me because I trust in him. And that's how it should be in your life and in my life. We cannot let fear dictate what we do. Can you say amen. The Bible says in Timothy that God has not given us the what? Spirit of fear. Fear is not an emotion. I just messed some of y'all up. It's a spirit. I'm not talking when you get startled. When you see something behind you, you jump. I'm not, that's, not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when it's an overlying oppressive fear. See, we can't be afraid of restoration because it will take work. Can you say amen? It will take decision making. You must let Jesus remake you. Listen to me. Like I said earlier, you can't be a new year with the old you. You can't be in Christ and still be the same you. You have to be changed, and that's what he, he wants to restore you. But part of restoration is ripping out some things. The stuff that made the old you, you, now has to go. <laughs> you know, I was at the gym, and this really big dude came in. And I was like, hey, look, I usually don't, you know how we are, I usually don't do this. But how in the world did you get this big? He said, I'm in the gym every day. Oh, I can't do it. I'm like, I can't do that. He's like, well, you're not going to get this big. I said, you're right. I ain't, ain't going to be up in here seven days a week. That's just crazy. <laughs> I said, okay, what else? He said, well, I eat right. You know, you know cookies. Oh, oh, no, 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 bro. Yep. All right. <laughs> Walked away like, nah, bro. You, you're not denying me my ice cream. Somebody say amen. That's the devil. <laughs> But what he was telling me is that, hey, if you want to get here, you're going to have to do some things you may not want to do. If you're going to be restored, there are some decisions you've got to make that you may not want to make. There may be some friends you've got to decide on. Some TV shows you've got to decide on. Some internet podcasts that you have to decide on. Every podcast ain't bad, but every podcast ain't great. Oh, see, see, see how y'all get quiet on me? Makes me nervous. You're going to have to let go of some things. But isn't it worth being restored? You still want to hold on to the bottle and, just, and still be addicted instead of being restored? 
Luke 12, 4 and 5. And I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who can kill the body. And after that, have no more they can do. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has killed, has the power to cast into hell. What he is saying is that, listen, stop fearing people and things. Stop fearing everything on this earth. They All they can do is literally just take your body, literally. They can't even take your soul. He said, they all saw they can do. And then after that, there's no more power in them. He says, but fear the one that can not only take the body and also take your soul. See, church, we can't live in this fear of man or fear of things. Can you say amen? God wants to restore you. Nehemiah also says that there were hands, uh, that the hands will be weakened. That's what they wanted. The word in the text means power and direction. So let's think about what Nehemiah ultimately is saying here. That through fear, the enemy wants us to remove, wants to remove power and direction. This is what fear does. Amen. It removes power and direction. You don't know where you're going, don't know how to get there, and don't know how to fight against. Can you say amen? And he's saying this is what the enemy wants to do in order to stop us from building. He wants to put fear in us, take away power, amen, and make us clueless. That's what fear does. See, if hell can stop you by your flesh, whatever avenue it can get to you, it's going to kill your direction. And you won't have the power to fight against it. In other words, you won't have the power to build. We cannot be afraid but must give ourselves over to Christ that we may, meet, that we may become new creations for the master's purpose, church. Can you say amen? Listen to me. I don't care what they've told you. Restoration is possible. I don't care what you've done and how often you did it. Restoration is possible this morning. And don't let hell, don't let the devil, don't let yourself tell you any differently. Because as long as we are in Christ, we can become new creations. Can you say amen? That there is restoration that is available to you and I through the blood of our Savior. Somebody say amen. So let's look thirdly and lastly at a finished work. We are Christ's work, and we are not finished. And we must continue to build spiritually. But Nehemiah shows us at least three things that must be a part of a new life. So in other words, if you give yourself over to Christ, if you repent of your sin and you say, okay, now I'm just, a, I'm flat, amen, I'm a flat land, the building has been torn down, the old me is torn down, the new me is going to arise. There are three aspects, amen, or three things that must be encompassed within your life so that you can see God move and so you can see true spiritual building up. Number one, well, let's look at Nehemiah 7 and 1. He tells us there. Then it was when the wall was built and I had hung the doors, when the gatekeepers and the singers and the Levites had been appointed. Number one, you need gatekeepers. Gatekeepers, the protectors of what comes in. You must be the gatekeeper of your eyes, your ears, and your mouth. Part of being a new creation is that we don't listen to what we used to listen to. Now listen. Now, see, see, here we go, not liking me again, because now I'm about to tap areas in which you don't like. Now, let's be honest. Are we going to be honest? You know what? I'll tell you what. Don't even say amen, because I don't want to embarrass nobody. Let's be perfectly honest. How many know who Third Day is? We know who Third Day is, right? Like, these are Christian artists. Third Day, 
Casting Crowns. Um, I don't really listen to the alternative. Uh, Newsboys, right? Does that another one? Right? I'm more of the rap side. So you got Triple E. So the kids like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? You got Triple E. They look crazy, you know. But um, right, you, 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 right, you understand what I'm saying? Now, how many know who Jay Z is? Look, 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 see, look. <laughs> right? We we know who Jay's the Jay Z's are, the Lady Gaga's, and 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 so on and so forth. Oh, well, look, 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 look. Be getting quiet. Don't want to look at nobody. You don't want to look at nobody. <laughs> right? We know who they are too. You can't have two separate streams in one fountain. In other words. You can't have salt water and fresh water coming out the same fountain. You got to be a gatekeeper. You can't listen to, listen, you can't, okay, you can't listen to Jay-Z. Okay, okay, all right? You can't, you can't listen to him. L- listen to what he talks about. Total opposite of your Christianity. You got to make a decision on that. <laughs> See, look, now you don't like me. I know, I get it. I get it, but it's true. Because what you put, what the gatekeeper did was he made sure that certain people didn't come in because it posed a threat. Listen to me. When you listen to certain things and when you watch certain things, listen to me, it poses a threat. When you start watching sexually explicit content, you're like, that doesn't affect me. Yes, it does. It just hasn't affected you right then and there. But ultimately, it begins to put thoughts in your mind. And thoughts are always followed by what? Actions. When you listen to certain things, listen to me. Let's do a test. You ready? You ready to do a test? Look, see, y'all like, I don't, I don't, I don't. that first test I failed. I don't think I can do this one. <laughs> Let's do a test real quick. I, I'm closing. Let's do a test. When I got angry, okay, I'm going to be honest with y'all. When I, when I was, you know, young, 19, 20, when I first got saved, I listened to Eminem. Okay? And when I would get angry, I would start hearing his songs. And I'm not joking. I'm not trying to be, I'm, I'm actually very serious. When I would get really upset, I could hear the words playing. And it was a specific song. I'm not going to say it, but it was a specific song that it would always be the first one that I heard. And I would start reciting the lyrics because it was talking about killing. Now, let's, let's do a test. You mean to tell me I'm the only one? I'm the only one? Huh. I know I ain't the only one. When you get sad and depressed, you want to listen to your Mary J. Blige, don't you? <laughs> look, look, look at it. See, look. Huh? How you know that? The Bible tells you. Well, this is the saddest song on earth. You start hearing it. Now nah, don't cry. You start. <laughs> You got to be a gatekeeper. You can't let everything in. You got to be very watchful. And I'm not saying that, you know, listen to me. Let's not be a way over. But, but you, you just got to be watchful of what you put into your eyes and what you listen with your, your ears. You understand what I'm saying? See, these gatekeepers were to make sure certain things did not come in because we are a new building. 
because this is a new creation, because this is a new city and there's new walls and gates and we don't want the enemy to come back in and destroy it all over again. That's why they did that. And how many know that's how we should be once we repent and give our hearts to Christ? Well, I don't want the enemy back in here. I don't want those things back in my life. And so what do I do? I have gatekeepers. I have convictions. Certain things I don't watch, certain things I don't go to, certain things I don't listen to. My convictions, because I know me. You must begin to place these things so you don't cross boundaries. That's what that gatekeeper, if anybody came up on the horse, like, oh, who are you? And it was an interview. What you doing here? What you want? How you know about us? Where you going? How long are you going to be? Right, it was, no, nah, I, don't, I don't just trust anything that come up in here. And that's how you have to be with your spiritual life. You can't trust everything. This is why in our churches we always say, listen, you don't believe, read your Bible. I ain't afraid of you reading your Bible. Because <laughs> you can't trust everything. So number one, they had gatekeepers. Number two, they had singers. Worship has to be in your life. In other words, you have to begin to sing a new song, Psalms 40 and 3. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. We will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. That new song shows a new mind. You you follow what I'm saying? That you have to have worship within your life. Amen. And worship is not only on Wednesday and Sunday. Worship is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then right back again on Sunday. Worship is throughout your life. Worship is how you live. Amen. How you interact. Amen. How you talk. Well, how you function in life. All of that is worship. And so Nehemiah is making sure that we have gatekeepers to protect and we got singers to worship. That all around my house, you listen to me, it's worship. It's a new way of speaking. See, building a new creation in Christ will give you a new song. You won't speak depressingly anymore because you have a new song. Amen. How many know some of your songs were anxiety? Some of your songs were depressions. Some of your songs were confusion. Some of your songs were doubts. Amen. But when we come become new creations in Christ, all that changes. He gives us a new song, and now we're in joyfully rejoicing. Can you say amen? Now we're in the worship of giving God the glory. Amen. Now we're in the business of happiness and joy. All these things happen, amen, when we become new creations, and this is what you got to surround yourself with. One of the guys in my church, new convert, he came to me, he said, Pastor, I listen to this guy, and I really like him. I think you should listen to him. Well, you know me. I'm like, who is it? Because I don't trust you. <laughs> who is it? He said, like, it's this guy named NF. Hmm. Okay. What, do you rap? I said, yeah, he raps. And then my son was like, yeah, I know NF. You do. <laughs> right? I- How come I know not of him? So he starts speaking old English. Thou did not tell me this. <laughs> right? Because you're like, wait a minute, who? So, so I said, all right, well, tell me, give me a popular song. So he gave me the most popular song. I forget the name of it now. I think it's called Why. So I listened to the song. I kid you not. I, and I, I endured it just to see if he had any type of hope. Because in the first four, two minutes, I'm like, all right, I want to go kill myself. Like, what is this? Who listens to this? 
Why? <laughs> and I'm like, why am I listening to this? And I, I said, man, what do you listen to this for? He said, he's, he's a good rapper. I said, where's his hope? If he's a Christian rapper, where's Jesus? And, and, and I said, okay, okay, maybe it's one song. You know, you got to give people benefit of the doubt. Maybe it's one song. No, it's not one song. It's every album. Did you hear what I said? Album. Not to it. Albums. And I'm like, bruh, like, stop listening to him. He's the most depressing Christian I've ever met in my life. Just, I don't feel hopeful and joyful. I don't feel like I've worshipped God listening to this. I feel like I should go jump off a bridge. Like, what in the world? But you can't surround, you understand what I'm saying? Is that you can't sur- you surround yourself with this stuff that does not bring God glory. Because listen to me, it'll make you do the opposite. So he made sure that he put the worship singers in there, amen, that would glorify God and remind them of who Jesus is. And that's what you need around your life. Now, I'm not saying go out to Roses and Walmart and buy you every religious painting you can find and go put it on every wall and be like, this reminds me, that reminds me, that reminds me. I'm not saying that, okay? Don't don't take my words and go there with it. But what I am saying is, you know, it wouldn't help to have a couple of scriptures on the wall. It wouldn't hurt, amen, to have a scripture on your computer that you so often go to. So that right before you about to do some clicking, you look at that scripture and go, you know what? Mm. Eyes are a gateway to the soul. Mm. Okay. Right? Makes you second think. Makes you second guess some things. Like, oh, wait a minute. I don't want to look at that. You got to have worship, man, because it reminds you of who God is. And lastly, he had the Levites. The people who would assist. I'm leaving you with this. In your new life, you have to have worship. You have to have gatekeepers. But then you have to have Levites too. You had the Levite priest, right? The high priest. But you also had the Levites that would assist the priest. Consider the Levite priest the pastor. Just, just follow with me here. And the Levite assistants are the men and women in church that are in ministry. They help around the church doing various things, okay? Nehemiah appointed these people, people who can help, amen, with the city, amen. So you had the high priest that had their job of doing things, making sure worship was in order, but then you had the assistants, amen, that would go around and help within the city and also help the Levite priest in doing the various things that he needed done. They are not the pastor, but they are assisting and helping men and women live for God. They are appointed to help. Listen to me carefully. You have got to surround yourself with people who are Christians. You have got to surround yourself with people who are believers in Christ. Why? Listen to me. Because, amen, they help you stay on track. Now, again, I'm not saying cut off your mother if she's not a Christian. I know some of y'all. He told me to cut off everybody. I did not. I did not, and I want this on tape, I did not tell you to cut off everybody. I said just surround yourself with people of faith. Why? Because they keep you on track when you're about to go crazy. They help you when you're about to do something stupid. They go, hey, no, you should not stab him. It's not godly. You're like, that's right, you're right. You feel what I'm saying? That they help you, amen, in living for God. But not only do they rebuke you when they have to correct you, but they encourage you as well. Amen. Say, hey, listen, I know you're down today, but get up tonight. Get up. 
I know you're all jacked up, your mind's all, but listen to me. God can help you. Listen, we begin to encourage folks and help them. Amen. And this is why you got to attach yourself to people who have balance of that, where they can rebuke you because they ain't scared of you, but then also help you because they love you. See, I made sure that I surrounded myself with people who would be real with me. Like Newport News, they were real with me, like extremely real with me. Everybody who <laughs> I talked to was very real. Like, I want to do this. Oh, that was stupid. <laughs> it was. And I so appreciate them because they love me enough to sacrifice our relationship. Oh, see? In other words, they love me to tell me the truth, knowing that I might get mad and not speak to them. But they know that I'm just trying to help you, but I got to be real with you. You understand what I'm saying? See, listen to me. You got to surround yourself with people of faith, people who believe in Jesus Christ and who have balance, man, because they will help you in your rebuilding. That's why God brings us to churches. That's why he put churches in the book of Acts. That's why churches are started. It's for all of us to worship God and to give glory to God, to reach the earth. But we're also a community. Somebody say amen. We're in a community, amen. We help each other. We encourage each other. We look out for each other, amen, and make sure that, hey, you know what? We don't want this community messed up, amen. We don't want nobody left behind. We want all of us searching and going forward in Christ, amen, and figuring out what we're supposed to do in God and what we're not supposed to do. So restoration is possible this morning through Christ, but Christ gives us equipment, if you will. He gives us tools to be fully restored. It starts with his blood and repentance, amen, and then it goes into the churches, and then it goes into your personal worship, and then it goes into your convictions, and all these things culminate into a new city where people can thrive, where your children can be saved, where your household can know Christ, where you can change your neighborhood. See, once this city was rebuilt, it was the center of everything. Once it was rebuilt, everybody, oh, Jerusalem's back? Oh, so now we got to go over. We got this, that, that. They got this, that, that, that. We got to get over there. Yeah, you got to get over there. See, that's what happens, amen, in your own life. When you are a new creation and rebuilt, those people at your work, those people at your school, now you are a new city, and now people are becoming drawn to you now. That's why people start talking to you. Like, why did that person just start talking to me? I don't understand. I was just standing here. Because you're a new city. And how many know anything we knew, we always want to visit? Don't tell me that you don't go to, you go to city center. With a, if there was a new store today, you'd be like, hey, oh, hurry up, Pastor. I got to get down to, you know, I want to check out that new uh, beef jerky store. You don't even eat beef jerky. But you just go there because it's there. You was, what is it about? Because it's new. See, your life can be that for somebody else, but you first have to be rebuilt. You first have to be restored. Can you say amen? amen? Restoration is possible. I don't care if your gates have been burned. I don't care if your walls are broken. All those things can be restored and replaced, and you can become a brand new creature in Christ. Let's bow our heads before the Lord. You can become a new creation in Christ. This morning.
thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.